gorgeous? Does that funk have you feeling stuck? Have you questioning your purpose or even yet having you asking if your best years are behind you? Girl, you have zero obligation to stay in that funk. This podcast is for women who want to get the funk out of here, who want to play bigger, ask for more, and step out of mediocrity. Imagine a life filled with lots of energy, excitement, and filled with funk instead of that funk. This is the After 40 Unfunk Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, and I'm ready to talk some shit. Let's go! Hey, superwomen, I'm so glad you're back. And if it's your first time here, brace yourself, because this week we're talking about the two big O's. And get your mind out of the gutter while you're at it. I'm talking about the two big O's, over-controlling and overthinking. A couple weeks ago, I was headed to Aspen with my family in what should have been a one and a half hour drive. But it turned into six hours, and we were considered the lucky ones. There was a big blizzard that had moved into the area and it was so hard the visibility was making it tough to drive. There was ice on the roads. It was one of the worst I've seen in a while. There were crashes shutting down major highways. And the whole time my poor husband was driving, I was pumping my pretend brakes on my passenger side. Tell me I'm not alone. But have you ever tried to control a situation like that where you really have zero control? Matter of fact, I wasn't even in the driver's seat. Oh, my poor husband. And wait, don't forget about the other big O. Perhaps it has served some women at times, and it has served me maybe one or two times for that moment that I got to tell my husband, I told you so, or I just knew this would happen. But every other time, the million times I've overthought or overthink a situation, it's never proven valuable. Yep. Two crutches, over-control and overthinking The two big O's that keep women from moving forward and keep them stuck. That first big O, over-control, when you think you're running the show. Oh, when we learn that we're not. It stings, right? Take an inventory on what areas do you must struggle with wanting your own way or wanting to be in control. Did that sting a little bit when I said over-control was trying to get your own way? Really think about what over-control is. It's because you want your own way or you think your way is better. Or you just want to make yourself feel indispensable like everybody needs you all the time. Take an inventory. What areas do you most struggle with wanting your own way and wanting to be in control? Is it work, your husband or kid's behaviors, the appearance of your house, what others think of you, their opinions of you, how your kids dress? politics. And if you're me, sometimes you would love to help others drive. And I'm specifically referring to those people who sit in the left lane and don't pass anyone. Ah! (laughs) Okay, back to the issue of over control. Take an inventory. Notice where you struggle the most with wanting this over control. I went in for hip surgery last year and I was on the couch for a long period of time, too long for my brain to handle. I actually like activity and exercise. So being at home and on the couch really had me doing mental backflips. And during this time, my focus started to become on the dinner my husband was giving to my kids because I was down and could not get to the kitchen to fix dinners. Oh, I wanted to get in the kitchen so bad so they could just get a home-cooked meal instead of going out for meals. In short, I actually didn't like it. I got all worked up because he wasn't fixing dinners at home. 
And in my thoughts, my kids needed that home-cooked meal, that healthy meal. So I got up before I was supposed to and started in the kitchen making dinner. Not only was I trying to over-control the situation that didn't need controlling, my kids were having a great time eating out with dad. But it was a passive-aggressive over-controlling, which is the worst kind. I realized that in my attempt to over-control, it also interrupted their moments and their memory-making with their dad, their dinners out with dad. So next time you have the urge to over-control, Perhaps you can use that same thought that I have and wonder to yourself if you're actually going to interrupt a memory or a moment that somebody else is having by injecting yourself into the scene that you didn't even need to be injected into. According to Karen Eman, over-control comes in many forms or personalities. Here are five. And see if you can identify yourself in any of these examples. There's one, the overtly controlling, loud and outspoken woman. There's two, the sweet, soft-spoken, but manipulative saint. Three, the enabler who constantly covers for others so her family looks good. Four, the victim who controls by making you feel sorry for her. Or five, the people pleaser who controls because you owe her favors. Where do you fall in this list? When we over control, our motives are usually never pure. Oh my gosh, I can tell you how many times, or I can't tell you how many times, I've heard my kids say, Mom, can you give me another chance, Mom? I promise it won't happen again. How many times have we got caught over-controlling or it caught up to us and we had to say, can I have a retry? Can I try it again? It takes patience and listening. Over-control is a behavior that more times than not puts you in that position to have to ask if you can try again, if you can try over. And just because you ask doesn't mean you'll get a second chance at that opportunity. Not to mention you wanting to try again and fixing it is addressing your own desire still. And more likely than not, when you're trying to over control, your actions are screaming that you know better than anyone else. What's the remedy? It requires patience and maturity. Have to be able to yield to others. Ask yourself, will it matter tomorrow? Is there really an issue here? Give everyone a chance to be heard and seen. Lose that voice that's telling you something isn't fair. And as Kathy Heller says, have radical empathy for other people. Can you allow your empathy to deepen for others? Learn to breathe. Lay that need for control down. Just lay it down. And this is one of my favorites. When you have the desire to over control, Karen Eman says she likes to pause and praise instead of interrupt and interrogate. I'm going to say that again. Pause and praise instead of interrupt and interrogate. And instead of focusing on what or how people are doing or what they are doing, focus on who or what they are being. Yes, my kid put one thing in the washer to wash for tomorrow, but she was truly trying to be responsible and do her own laundry. Why step in and try to over control the situation and ask her to put the whole load in? Pause and praise instead of interrupt and interrogate. This was the perfect time for me to practice that. It's important to remember there are many ways to get to 10. 6 plus 4 is 10. 5 plus 5 is 10. 5 times 2 is 10. You can tell I'm helping out in school these days, right? (laughs) But the point is there are many ways to get to 10. There are multiple roads that lead you to the grocery store. Your way is not the only way. 
all that energy you spend on over-controlling can now be directed on activities that are more fulfilling for you. You're welcome. This is a piece of common sense. But like the saying goes, common sense is not always common practice. And then there's the second big O, overthinking. Just like over-control is causing or jamming up your energy, overthinking is taking up space in your thoughts, in your brain. It too is keeping you stuck. It's a momentum and dream killer. It keeps you in inaction. I'd laugh because one of my friends one time we were talking about the pool noodle and how much that's actually pulled in and what a revenue generating idea that was. And our response was, why didn't I think of that? And I chuckled and told her probably because we consumed our time overthinking some other situation and taking up space that didn't allow us to come up with some creative idea. Overthinking can impair your relationships with your friends, your spouse, your kids. It is keeping you in a space of being less available to others. And not only is it making you less available to others, you're sitting in that space. And I totally believe in the law of attraction. Who's going to be attracted to you when you're sitting there overthinking every single situation? No thanks, Karen. In my last role or job, I actually got paid to be an overthinker. The title was controller or director of finance, but it was really a high paid overthinker. For instance, other people would bring me revenue generating ideas. I would run it all through ROIs. ROIs are return on investments, but I would run it through every scenario and evaluate everything from worst case scenario to best case scenario evaluate any insurance issues like could this activity cause anyone to get hurt ask what would be the financial impact if we invested in the idea flopped how many capital items would we need i mean you name it i was overthinking it even with the cost cutting idea you would think that most execs just make that decision but lots of overthinking actually goes into it before any trigger is ever pulled something as simple as removing a few flowers from the decor Spark so many questions and thoughts and overthinking back in my day. But here's the point. That role was for a 70 to $100 million operation. We treat tasks with that same approach, like it's going to make or break us. I was guilty of this for so long and I'm still not great at it, but I am improving. But we take the simplest of things and we just overthink it like it is a $70 million, $100 million transaction. I just think about a text message to someone, right? How many of us have overanalyzed if the person on the other end or the receiving end is going to take it the wrong way? Or if you should put the smiley emoji at the end, or does that look passive aggressive? Think about all the times you've overthought. You are literally putting the same energy that I was putting into a full-time job on the simplest of tasks. If your overthinking has thoughts that keep ringing in your head, begin to notice and eventually learn to hang up on the ones that aren't useful and not serving you. We are not born to be overthinkers. It has become a habit. It's like a muscle that we have strengthened over time. And we can start to change this habit simply just by becoming aware of it and slowly making it an unhabit or undoing it. It's like untying that tied shoelace. Here are some remedies or solutions that I use that might help you, and feel free to steal them. I call it one, my grandpa's tool. My grandpa, he used to make a decision to either do it or not and just move on. 
When I was little, I remember I got to spend the night at his house and he took me to a land purchase or he was trying to purchase some property. And I remember him making the choice to say, buy it like it was nothing. And I remember sitting there looking at him in awe because my parents would take forever to try to find a house to move into or they would analyze everything about a house. And yes, it was a major purchase. But my grandfather's purchased land was also a major purchase, and he was able just to say, yes, let's buy it. So use my grandpa's tool. Just make a decision to do it or not and move on. Or give that overthinker a name like Karen or Sandy or Jane. So you can just say, hey, Sandy, I appreciate all those thoughts and the fact that you're trying to protect me, but I'm just going to make my own choice and do what I want. Or find evidence that contradicts two or three of those thoughts so you can just shut the other ones down. Now, taking you back to high school, I used to play softball and I was the catcher. I was always in love with playing catcher because I had to be in the action of things. I would receive the ball every inning. I had something to do. I couldn't just sit in the outfield or in the infield waiting for the ball to be hit. But nonetheless, I would catch it and throw it back to the pitcher. And sometimes I have that same visual imagery of catching my thoughts and just throwing them back saying, nope, you take this one. I don't want it. It's not useful for me. So maybe if you play baseball or you love baseball or softball, imagine yourself throwing those thoughts right back to the pitcher like you don't want them and ask yourself, what is the likelihood of the worst thought even coming true? Like sometimes I think about riding my bike in traffic and a car hitting and killing me. But then I remind myself that this could happen while walking the dog. And I throw that thought right back to the pitcher. We rationalize overthinking by it being our protector. Like it's protecting us from that big scary thing. But it's actually creating something much scarier. Inaction and unawareness. It is funking us all up. Overthinking has left you busy on the outside and the inside. And it's left little space for anything else to come in your desires, your dreams. I love this quote, and unfortunately, I can't remember who said it, but they said, life is a mystery to be experienced, not a puzzle to be solved. Great, huh? Overthinking isn't going to solve much of anything, so let's go and start experiencing the best life has to offer so others can experience the best of you. My husband was a golf course superintendent, And he would tell me the greenest grass had fertilizer, was always being watered. Weeds were, they were addressed daily. It takes time to work on ourselves and create our best selves like that greenest grass. For us to be our best self, we have to water us, nurture us, pull the weeds out. The takeaway action from this podcast is to become aware and catch yourself when you're having one of the two big O's. Are those O's going to leave you feeling good? Are they going to solve anything? Are they going to change the trajectory of your life or have a positive impact on your life and those around you? Probably not. So I encourage you all to drop those two big O's like they're hot and have more of the good for you big O-O to keep you hot. (laughs) Love you, super women. Let's G-O. Sorry, dad. Before you go, Superwoman, I'd love it if you took a little action for me. Like, subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend. And as a thank you, hit up my website to crystalsumner.com, thecrystalsumner.com to grab free journal prompts. Okay, ladies, now is the time to go on Funk Your Mind, play bigger, and ask for more. Open the door to possibility and cancel playing small. So get up. 
and go!